Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. We are going to take a final look at the NFL Week 17, the final week of the year, NFL Week 17, uh, regular season, 15-game massive slate here, tons of prizes as always over on Fantasy Draft, DraftKings, FanDuel, wherever it might be that you'll be playing on this weekend. Before we get into it, I just want to make you aware that I do have uh, a Patreon-exclusive content for the NFL, the NBA, and yes, the PGA starts in now six days from today on Friday when I'm recording this, so if you do want to get any access to my Patreon-exclusive content, you can be sure to check that out linked up down below. You can follow me over on my social medias, Instagram, sometimes I give out some of that Patreon-exclusive content. And I think I'm going to do it with the Game by Game notes today or tomorrow over on my Instagram stories. I send a link out to a private link only to the Instagram following. So be sure to follow me there. That will also be linked up below and on Twitter at DFS. Thank you. If you are new here, welcome. Appreciate all you tuning in. Appreciate everybody who's been continuing to support the channel. It is booming right now. We're approaching 17,500 subscribers. Hit that subscribe button. Let's get there. Let me know down in the comments, who is your favorite running back play on this slate below $8,000. So $8,000 or below, who's your favorite running back play? Let me know. Lee, you must be a subscriber and hit the notification bell. Leave a Twitter handle, some way for me to contact you. I'll be giving away $25 to one of the people who enter that contest. If you're listening on the audio version, you can enter by leaving a review on any of the platforms that you do listen on. And lastly, above my head, you see the image of Fantasy Draft. They've been great. They've been giving us free rolls here in the community. been emailing some people those free rolls. been posting on Twitter, linking them here in this description. So it's been a ton of fun. We're going to be getting some more, I have believed and have been told. Uh, but for this weekend, we don't have a free roll, but I will be creating a free roll, free to enter, and I'm going to be giving away a prize to first. I'm still thinking on it. Maybe a month of Patreon is something that I'm thinking about, maybe a cash prize, but I will create that. I will link it up down below. And you can check it out and search for it. Um, but for now, I'll put a link down to Fantasy Draft. So go ahead, check out Fantasy Draft. It is rake-free. They take none of your money as opposed to Fan or DraftKings, who is now going public. And FanDuel takes about 15%, 12-15% on average. Um, they take that money off the top, and then they give the rest to the rest of the, the winners of the contest, even if it's a cash game. Fantasy Draft, no, you pay a subscription. People say, oh, but you pay the processing fee. It all adds up to still being less than 1%. So um, that is a crazy good deal. Check out Fantasy Draft, link down below. Clicking that link, just clicking it, even if you don't want to sign up today, it does help me. It shows them that there are people coming over from my channel, which as an independent content creator helps a ton. So even if you have just a second to click that link below, thank you. Let's get into the video game, starting with quarterbacks. Um, I have a normal-sized quarterback pool, maybe one or two more guys, and it makes sense because it's a bigger slate. Um, so starting right now as of Thursday or Friday morning, this is where this, my alarm goes off. We're ahead of the game. This is where I currently come in. So starting with, and these are not rankings. My yeses and maybes mean that I'm more interested in the yeses, of course. But um, the rankings, it's not like the first guy on this list is ranked. It's just really, I think it filters it by overall salary once I put them in a little ranking. But Deshaun Watson, Tennessee ranks 25th in pressure. They get none if you give a mobile quarterback any sort of extra time, especially when his line is already really bad, a bottom 10 offensive line in the league all season long. He's going to be able to move, pick up some yards on the ground, as he usually does. He averages 27 yards per game on the ground. I think he gets more in this one they're 19th in coverage they might get a door jackson back in this week but he hasn't been fantastic he's just been better than the LaShawn sims and the 
Ty Smiths that they've been throwing out there. Literally, the, the players' names they've been throwing out there. LaShawn Sims has been a bottom five cornerback in the league since taking over um, for Malcolm Butler, which has now been about six or seven weeks ago. Deshaun Watson ranks number two on the entire slate in points six nine seven fantasy points per attempt, obviously because of the mobility that helps, but he's also been very efficient. And there's the risk of him being pulled. Now, the Texans can jump into the three seed if the Chiefs were to lose at home. I don't foresee the Chiefs losing at home to the Chargers. They have a decent-sized spread, but if the Chiefs were to lose, the Texans can move all the way up to the three seed, which ensures them maybe potentially another home game, no matter what, um, in the second round. So, or at some point, it would ensure them another home game. Who knows? Um, But yes, there's a risk of it. I'm going to play it straight up. For the people who have a lot of questions, I'll hit on a lot of the potential motivation factors, but for that one, I'm going to play it straight up. I like Watson at 6,700. Jameis Winston, he's dealing with a thumb and knee injury. He's been dealing with it, right? You saw it last week. They were saying on the broadcast on the Saturday game, "Ah, his thumb might be the reason he's throwing these picks. No, it's not. He's Jameis Winston, but it still was fine. He got 18 and a half fantasy points, even after having another four turnover game. He's averaging 40.5 attempts per game and 328 yards per game. Both of those those leads the league. Atlanta is 26 in coverage. Their pass rush has improved. Their run defense has improved. I think you see Jameis chuck the ball another 40 plus times. And at 6,600, he remains too cheap. Matt Ryan at 6,500. Once again, I like him. He has a negative nine pass blocking advantage this week, which is a little bit worrisome, but nothing crazy. It's usually been like that all season long. Tampa Bay does rank 16th in coverage and 13th in pressure. So even their run defense, which is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, limits rushing the most least rushing yards per game by almost seven per game. Their pass rush and their secondary have vastly improved. Um, it's been a very a revelation over the second half of the season, really. But Matt Ryan throwing 40 times per game, 289.9 yards per game. Both of those numbers are, are top five in the league. He's top five. I believe he's top two now in red zone attempts with over 70 on the season through these 15 weeks. This offense can just move the ball. It doesn't even matter that Ridley's out. It's just more funneling to Julio Jones, which seems to be more efficient. Um, I'm fine getting to Matt Ryan at 6,500. And that game in general is a really nice stacking environment. Dak Prescott at 6,300. He grades out as one of my highest projected quarterbacks. And yeah, there's definitely motivation. They have to win and the Eagles have to lose to the Giants, which I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. The Giants are fully healthy now with Daniel Jones back. All the wide receivers are healthy. They've only had that for like two or three games this entire year. And in those games, they've looked very good, believe it or not. Um, But Dak here, there is concerns. You saw the shoulder. I think it was blown up a little bit more than it had to be. He said it wasn't bothering him. Obviously, he's not going to fully disclose that um, or he doesn't need to fully disclose that in in an interview, but he did miss two or three throws that were kind of uncharacteristic. Uh, People in the media are going to blow it up and say it's the shoulder because of how big the game was on the national spotlight at 4 p.m. last week and really what was to seal the division at that point if the Cowboys would have won. Against Washington, though, they rank 20th in pass rush, 22nd in coverage, so bottom third of the league in both of those key categories for a quarterback. He's attempted 44.5 attempts per game over the last six if you exclude his 23 against the Rams. Well, you can't exclude that. I know. I'm just I'm just saying if you did. he They scored 28 points at the half, and then they ran the whole second half, and, and Tony Pollard ran the whole fourth quarter, so it was a very odd game. If you exclude that, well, you see that they're 44.5 attempts over the last six. He's just chucking the ball right now. A positive 26 pass blocking advantage for his incredible offensive line against this banged up and bad defensive line of Washington. The guy's going to have all day to throw against the bottom third uh, secondary top or bottom 10 in the league, even secondary. And he's going to throw like 40 plus times in a must win game in week 17. $6,300, I think is a bargain for him. I'll also throw out there that Quentin Dunbar, who was number three in pro football focus overall cornerback grades, placed on IR last week. His backup, Danny Johnson, placed on IR last week. They lost Fabian Marehu, I believe that's how it's pronounced, a couple weeks back. He's been rehabbing, but I don't think he's going to get back for this one. They're down. Josh Norman's been terrible all year. He's not even getting snaps. They're down to starting Aaron Colvin 
who, if you remember on the Texans, was cut after two or three weeks because of how bad he was. He's one of the worst cornerbacks in the league, and he's going to have to be the primary player this week guarding one Amari Cooper. Good matchup for Dak and, and these Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Mahomes attempts 35 and a half per game, 305 yards per game. Both of those numbers, uh, well, 305 yards is top three in the league. Uh, his attempts are top seven, 26.5 teams total here at home in a, in a, what is a must win game I would consider because if they lose, they could drop to the four seed. If they win, the worst that they can go is to the three seed, but they have the opportunity to potentially catch the Patriots for a first round buy. Now the Patriots are 16 and a half point favorites against the Dolphins this week. So I think the Chiefs probably know that they're playing for the three seed at this point, but they have to win because if they lose, well, there's going to be pressure from uh, the Houston Texans to jump them for the three seed. Um, and then after that, I don't know if how much the Chiefs really want to go to Baltimore if they were to win. So I think that there's going to be motivation to win at 7,200. He's expensive. I don't have a ton of interest in Mahomes in terms of, will he be a top three owned quarterback for me? No, top five? Yeah, maybe. He might get in there. Uh, it's a nice spot here. Neutral pass blocking advantage. Decent team total at home. I'll take shots at it. Daniel Jones at 6,400. Look, I like all the wide receiver matchups here. Uh, Ronald Darby was placed on IR. You have Avante Maddox in the slot against a cheap Golden Tate, who for some reason everybody's overlooking this week. You have Darius Slayton dealing with somewhat of an injury, but he's been practicing limited, should suit up on the outside. He'll probably get Jalen Mills. That's a fine matchup. You might have Rasul Douglas making another appearance, which if you remember earlier in the year, he was getting toasted. You can call him the toaster left and right. He'll get Sterling Shepard on him, who seems to be really healthy now after about a month of returning and playing very well. So Daniel Jones, I'm just naturally going to have interest in. He's priced up to 6400 so that's why I'd rather get to Winston, Watson, Matt Ryan, Dak. These guys are all in the same price range as of now, but it's deserving as the Philadelphia Eagles still rank bottom six in the league in, in pass coverage. They rank sixth in pass rush, and the, Lions have, or in the, in the Giants have a negative 19% of pass blocking advantage, so that's where the concern, concern comes in. Daniel Jones has been very good against pressure at some points, but then at other points, he just fumbles two or three times a game, and he looks terrible, so it's which, what Daniel Jones are you going to get today. Maybe the bad secondary, there's a correlation there with he has more time to throw, but his, all of his playmakers are healthy. He's only had this for like two weeks this entire season because of the Golden Tate suspension to start the year. Then Sterling Shepard goes down to start the year and during the year, right? Uh, so now he finally has, well, I guess outside of Evan Ingram, he has all of his receivers and Saquon healthy. Uh, we saw what happened last week when that happened. We saw what happened about a month ago when that happened. It's been very good um, right now for Daniel Jones when he has these wide receivers healthy. 6,400 is a steep tag, but I'll have some stacks. Baker at 5,700. The last time he played Cincinnati, there was a defensive score by Denzel Ward. There was a Kareem Hunt three-yard rushing touchdown after Nick Chubb had like a 30 or 40-yard run and kind of got vultured away when he was coming out for a breather. And then there was a Baker Mayfield rushing touchdown. So all the wide receivers stacked look bad in that game even Baker's stats look relatively bad bad but it was just an odd scoring game it was a slow paced game where they were controlling it on the the ground uh, you had a hundred plus yard from the hundred plus yard game from Nick Chubb uh, so I think that this is an interesting spot because he's going to go unowned he's cheap at 5700 yeah the line's been bad but the Cincinnati team ranks dead or they rank 25th in both pass rush um coverage and uh in run defense so they're, they're just terrible across the board like really a bottom eight defense in any area that you look at it's going to neutralize some of the concerns for cleveland i think baker stacks with landry who's very highly owned right now but i think it's okay i'm um, not as interested at that high ownership but still have a lot of interest and odell at these price points they're just so cheap to get to run it back with whoever you want on the other side it's going to be a very low owned stack and maybe you just play chalk everywhere else but i like it kyler murray's dealing with an injury he might not suit up he's 5500 against the rams Jalen Ramsey has already been ruled out for the Rams. Sean McVay 
has said that he's going to be probably pulling starters during this game. So that just gives us a headache on the DFS side for who the hell is he going to play um, on the offensive side. But on the defensive side, he's already ruled out Jalen Ramsey and some other players. So it's just a good matchup for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray does have incentive to play in a way. They can't make the playoffs for anything, but he is right now trailing Josh Jacobs for the rookie of the year voting, barely, or at least the Vegas odds on it, barely. Josh Jacobs has not played two weeks this season. He might not play this week. If Murray was to suit up, he might be able to leap him. Now, I don't know how much that jumps into it. I imagine that they would like to see Kyler Murray win it, this team. So we'll see if he's healthy. He'll be out there, and I think it's a good spot at 5,500 for a mobile quarterback who, yes, the Rams do rank second in pass rush. They rank fifth in coverage. So that kind of takes away a lot of his mobility. But fifth in coverage now without Jalen Ramsey, that number's going to drop. And who knows how long Aaron Donald stays in this game and some of the players up front. 5,500 is worth the risk. And then lastly, Philip Rivers, I think, is fine against the Chiefs. He's going to have to throw the ball. Tough environment, but just has the playmakers, and these playmakers continue to be cheap. All of his, I believe all of his players are at least $6,100 or cheaper. Eckler and Keenan Allen around $6,100. Gordon, 6000 And then you have $5,000 Mike Williams and even cheaper Hunter Henry in the 4K range. So it's just easy to stack up. Um, don't like the fact that he has zero mobility. I can't can't really escape and keep drives alive one but also can't get you an extra two to four to five fantasy points on the ground if not more with the touchdown case keenum um he's 4500 he's going to be starting for dwayne haskins this week look he's 4500 dollars in the three games that he started and completely played healthy he's thrown over 40 times per game he gets dallas this week where they're going to come in as underdogs and dallas has been iffy in the secondary very good at times their pass rush continues to be good i think he's a decent cast game option just because he's 4500 and i'll think he throws 40 times and he's looked good when he is throwing steven sims jr is emerging as a true weapon and i've been watching him for pretty much the whole season so it's good to see him actually getting some run here but he's looked like the real deal almost a tyree uh, tyree kill jr if you watch steven still sims jr play the type of build that he has in his speed and agility and just his um, the way that he plays the game. You still have Terry McLaurin out there, although he's in the concussion protocol. Case Keenum, I probably wouldn't play in tournaments. I honestly, I play one cash lineup a week, so I'm not going to get there in cash, but it's at least worth mentioning if you are considering him a cash. I think it's okay, uh, but if you had no Terry McLaurin, I, I would probably get away from that because then his his options, if you have no Terry McLaurin, when he started the first three games, Trey Quinn, he's not playing. Uh, Vernon Davis, he's not playing anymore. Jordan Reed, he's not playing anymore. Paul Richardson, he's not playing. And then Terry McLaurin, well, he wouldn't be playing. He would be throwing with a whole new cast of characters out there, of most of which are, are not good. Kelvin Harmon, a rookie, uh, Stevenson Jr. So it's really hard to trust that in cash. I personally will not be playing Case Keenum in cash. I'm just going to put it on here because I think it's, it's okay because of the price point. Let's move over to running back. On a 15-game slate, I have more interest in running backs. I have 15 of them. I really have 14. I just wanted to put one on here to, to let you know that I don't have a ton of interest in him, but people will. Um, let me lower this a little bit so people can see. This is a good time now that you're here to hit that subscribe button. Greatly appreciate it. Trying to get to, by the end of the year, 18,000 subscribers. Um, it is going to be a really big push. Uh, we have 400 more days, but I really do appreciate it. And then if you have just a second of your time to hit the link in the description to Fantasy Draft um, and enter into the free contest that they have over there or any contest, but I really do appreciate hitting the free link. Helps me as an independent content creator. Even if you don't sign up, it just shows them you came from here. A little hack for us here. Helps me continue to keep the lights here on the YouTube channel going uh, from that advertising revenue. So... Christian McCaffrey, I, I wanted to make him a maybe, but I think he's still fine to be a yes at 10,000. Again, you just have to prioritize your lineup around him. There's so much good running back play in the seven, you could even say 6K range, high 6K range, but I'll say seven to 8K range, probably five guys this week who I think are very viable. And I might even rank ahead of McCaffrey. New Orleans ranks fourth in run defense, fifth in tackling. They're up there. I mean, they're a top five overall defense because they're up there in pressure and 
secondary play. They give up the second fewest rushing yards in the league uh, in the low 60s, I believe 62 per game. That's not good. Last time McCaffrey played them, he had about 62 in that one, but he also picked up 60 plus yards in the receiving game, a touchdown in each department. So he had another ceiling game. He continues to get 27.3 opportunities per game, 15 receptions on 15 targets last week with Will Greer as his starting quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen again. Uh, so $10,000, yes, he's he's clearly in play. He's like 20% owned right now. I think I had 15% last time I checked. I'm fine with whatever amount I get of him. Ezekiel Elliott at 8000 um, so he might be my favorite payup option if we're talking running backs below like sev- or above 7500 And how many of those do we have this week? I think we have like uh, one, two, three. We have like what, five or six of them this week. So I think he's my favorite one above that range. Look, he's 23.6 opportunities per game this year, ranks third in the entire league, only behind uh, McCaffrey, I believe, in Fournette. He leads the league in red zone rushing, number one. He's been there really since the start of last year. He has the number one run blocking advantage on the slate, meaning that his offensive line will dominate this defensive line that is banged up for Washington. Again, Kerrigan, they lost a couple weeks ago. They lost defensive linemen throughout the, the past two months. Um, but the other thing is that this advantage for him, although it's number one this week, it's top five on the year, not just for the Cowboys, for the entire league. Usually when you see those things, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, they also had top five matchups on the entire year. You know who they played that week? Yeah, Washington. Aaron Jones went for like a career high game with like 180 total yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders had his career game with like 180 total yards and a touchdown. I'm not saying that's what happens with Zeke here, but $8,000 must win game. Nobody to stop him in, in their decent sized favorites. I love Zeke. And he's he's getting ownership. He's up there as a top five owned player, but I think it's fine. So is Kamara currently the highest owned player last time I checked. It makes sense. I don't have as much interest as the public does. If he's if he comes in 30% owned, I'll have around 20. So I obviously really like him, but I just like a lot of these guys. So it's going to be more of a balanced approach for me. Carolina gives up the most yards and touchdowns to running backs. Nine more rushing touchdowns than anybody else in the league. There's something to that when it's that bad. It's just a team scheme that, oh, we're in the red zone. They literally cannot guard any sort of misdirection in the red zone. Uh, they're just undersizing their defensive line, whatever it might be. It's a positive 26 run block advantage, top five on the weekend for Kamara. We saw last week he finally got in the end zone. He finally was breaking tackles. All the things people were saying he couldn't do for about the past eight weeks, he started to do. Uh, he's the highest owned running back right now, like I said. So keep an eye on Matt if you want to fade it. I don't think you have to, but me getting 20% on a guy who's 30%, I don't consider that a fade. I, I just don't want to take an aggressive stance and, and get that much of one guy on a slate where there's 30 teams playing. I'm projecting for 18 touches, 13 carries, and five receptions. I think that's more than fine in this matchup. Leonard Fournette at 7,000. Indy ranks 25th first to run. They give up the most receptions to running backs, 101 this season. Nobody else gives up over 100. They gave up the most receptions to running back last year. And I think they're going to end the year giving up the most receptions to running backs because Leonard Fournette ranks fourth in running back receptions, second in targets, and second in routes run. Second in targets and routes run only behind Christian McCaffrey. He's been fantastic all year. $7,000 is way too cheap. He's a top five on running back because the field, the public, all of you watching this understand that he's way too cheap for his role. I like him a lot. He's probably right behind Zeke Elliott for these payup options, right? The, the 6K and above range um, in terms of my interests. My last two yeses are actually some value running backs. I think we have some really good ones this week, depending on how some of these injury or inactives go. Sony Michelle at 4,900. Look, he's not sexy. He's not a sexy name to say, but one, he's finally cheap. They're not charging you fifty-four, fifty-five hundred to start the guy anymore. And the usage is going up, and I think it makes sense, and I think it holds. 40 carries over the last two weeks. Look, Edelman has been limited the last two weeks. He's played the least snaps in his career over any two-game spam um, in or the last three years of his career um, with 62% and low 70s the last two weeks. He's been on record saying, hey, if if this wasn't must-win games to try and get a first-round bye, I wouldn't be playing. I'll rest when I get our bye. He pretty much has said that on record in Patriots interviews. So if this was the beginning of the year, he would be sitting out for almost a month at this point. He said his body was falling apart was also his quote, and they're not playing him a lot. So as 16.5-point favorites, I think that you, one, 
will get up big, and then Edelman doesn't have to play a lot in the second half, and they got nobody else on this team. Sanu has not been good. Nikhil Harry has been okay in the red zone, but that's about it. Philip Dorsett's in the doghouse for dropping passes, and Harry has passed him. They're going to run the ball as 16.5-point favorites. Miami gives up the second most rushing yards and attempts to running backs. 16.5-point favorites. I have Sony Michelle projected in this one for 22 touches. At 4,900, yeah, you can go out and get 22 touches for 70 yards and no touchdowns, but I'll take that opportunity at that price point in this matchup. And then Damian Williams. So this is important. You have to keep an eye on if LaShawn McCoy is active or not. He's been a healthy scratch two times this year. One of them was last week. Another one was, I believe, five weeks ago. In those two games, Damian Williams has touched the ball 43 times. 43 times. I have Damian Williams projected for 20 touches if LaShawn McCoy is out. And at 4,700, he becomes the best value play on the slate. For some reason, he is not highly owned. Um, if that holds up, that is a mistake. But we probably won't know McCoy's status. We can maybe read some beat writer reports today and tomorrow. But we might not know McCoy's status until an hour and a half before the game. So you're taking on risk. If McCoy does suit up, I'm only going to have Damian Williams for like 13 or 14 projected touches, which is nowhere near as good as the 20, right? So those are my yeses. I'll, I'll briefly go over my maybes. $8,200 Aaron Jones. Yeah, he's priced up, but I have interest. No Mike Daniels, the former Packer. This is the second time he'll miss a game against the Packers. Last time was a primetime game, but also uh, what that does is it makes this run defense go from actually being pretty good at top 10 run defense since he's been in this, this um, season to when he's been out, which is about half the season. They are bottom 10 run defense. Um, you have Jamal Williams questionable. He might suit up, but we'll see. We'll track that. If he's out, well, then you probably secure another two to four at most, at least touches for Aaron Jones here, especially some more red zone uh, play and then also just targets in the passing game. Detroit ranks 26 against the run this year, and Packers are 12.5 point favorites. 8,200 is a steep price point to pay, but he's not going owned. He's like 1% owned because of it. If there's no Jamal Williams, I'll have more than that. Nick Chubb is also going unowned, but he's 7,500. To me, he's not as good of a play as Fournette. He's a similar play, though, as Alvin Kamara. Not as good of a play as Zeke, but Nick Chubb, he is going about 8% owned to Alvin Kamara's close to 30%. That makes no sense to me. I would have double the field. I would have about 15 of Nick Chubb right now. He's going way too low owned. He went for 100 plus on a touchdown last time he played. He's averaging 17 touches per game over the last month. Two Kareem Hunts, 10 and a half. So there's a concern there. Like the gap is closing, but... I still think he gets around 20 touches in this one. Eckler and Melvin Gordon, I think they're both in play. Uh, I prefer Melvin Gordon barely, but they're big on their dogs in Kansas City. That's usually not a spot you want to get to, but Gordon still does see at least four targets a game. Uh, Eckler still sees his five or six targets a game, but not as much on the ground or in the goal line, by the goal line. So I think they're both good plays this week. I prioritize Gordon, but I don't have a ton of either. Joe Mixon is just going unowned this week, like literally no ownership. And I get it. He's priced all the way up to 7,200. But over the last eight weeks, the last two months full of games, he's averaging 23.5 touches per game. Not opportunities, not factoring in targets, literally touching the ball 23.5 times per game. That is hard to ignore versus a 31st ranked Cleveland run defense that ranks bottom third of the league in tackling. I don't know what there isn't to like about Mixon. He was sick sick last week, and they still gave the guy 23 touches. Uh, So I like him a lot here. Um, I like him a lot relative to the field. If the field's going to own him at 3%, I currently have like 10%, and it's a lot of it in run back options with this Cleveland team. Uh, Marlon Mack at 6,900, just hard to get to, but everything about this matchup screens out fantastic. Jacksonville ranks 29th against the run, 32nd in tackling, that is dead last. Uh, A positive 32% run blocking advantage for Mack. I have him projected for 18 touches, but he's expensive. At 6,900, I'd much rather have Leonard Fournette. I'd much rather have at a similar price point the Nick Chubbs of the world, uh, the Joe Mixons of the world that I was just talking about. So it's hard to prioritize him. He's going to go low owned. And if you do get to him, you can feel good about it because it's as good of a spot as it gets for a running back. You just have to pay a lot more for it. Philip Lindsay, he's been out touching, I believe, 66 to 39 Royce Freeman over the last month. 
that is a decent gap. We finally saw him go for 100 plus and a touchdown last week. Oakland, middle of the pack to below average in run defense and tackling. He's not a priority for me this week. I would prefer Gordon and Eckler in his price range, but I do think he's at least in play to be in your player pools. Last two players here, Justice Hill. I'm not going to have interest in Gus Edwards, already priced up to 4,800 against the number two overall ranked Steelers run defense. Um, That is a must-win game for the Steelers. And also there's no Lamar Jackson, Robert Griffin III, so drives might not go as deep as they usually do. They might not stay alive as often with the um, just rushing ability of Lamar Jackson to keep drives alive. So I'm concerned for both um, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards has no passing game role, though. Justice Hill does. So I'm only preferring Justice Hill because he's $200 cheaper and has a passing game role. That being said, I think these guys touched the ball like 12 to 14 times each. And that's not really that appealing for me. Uh, I really, the ownership's not coming in on them, and I agree with that. Patrick Laird, I'll have 0% of. There's no Miles no Miles Gaskin, so he might have to play 75-plus percent of the snaps. Delance Turner is the only other guy below him on this depth chart as of right now. I'm sure they'll activate some other guys. I want 0%, but I'm sure people will have some. He's a 16.5-point underdog against the Patriots. Uh, they have a decent pass rush, so he might stay on the field more because he's a good pass protector. Um, but what you're hoping for here is like five to six receptions. It can happen, but even then, I think there's some other good plays. I would much rather play Damian Williams and Sony Michelle this week. Let's move on to wide receiver game. I'm enjoying this. This is this is a good week. I like the, I like the big slate that we have here and then we're going to go into. Uh, so just an update on my channel. I'm going to be doing content for the pga which starts on i believe thursday i'll be doing as of right now one video once the nfl is still going with the nba uh, so i don't overwhelm myself with these three sports but i'll be doing one video a week on the youtube channel and i'll be doing a data sheet over on patreon with a podcast probably an ownership and final takes podcast on patreon uh, for pga as well continuing to do nfl all the way up to the super bowl and then going to be doing nba all the way up to the nba final so i'm very excited for it if you do want to check out my patreon exclusive content i'll link it up above right now it is also linked up down below uh, if you also don't even want to buy it you don't really care too much about that you can also just support by donating over on patreon supporting the channel uh, it does help so thank you appreciate that a ton going to wide receiver now julio jones two games without ridley 23 receptions 300 yards two tutties on 35 freaking targets he's likely to see carlton davis it's a great spot you have to prioritize him he's picking up some ownership um but i think it's fine deandre hopkins not picking up any ownership like nowhere near anywhere near ownership he missed yesterday with an illness just keep an eye if he plays or not but he's going unowned he's likely to see sims if Adore jackson misses sims has been a bottom five cornerback in the league and even if Adore jackson plays Adore jackson has been very average at best Hopkins, look, he's 7,800. You have to prioritize him. If he was 15, 20% owned, I'd be like, okay, I don't have too much interest. I'll get some. He's going like 5% owned as of right now. That number can change. But for right now, I would want a lot more against this bottom five ranked outside cornerback play of Tennessee this year. Amari Cooper, it's really hard not to like him. I said that they placed Quinn Dunbar, top five, top three cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus this season. He's been fantastic on IR. His backup on IR. Um, they've just been placing everybody on IR, and Josh Norman's been bad that they're not even playing him, even with all of these injuries. So he's likely to see Aaron Colvin, third best matchup on the entire weekend for Amari Cooper, a positive 30% advantage. Keenan Allen is too cheap at 6,100. He has a positive 20% matchup versus Kendall Fuller. Continues to see 10 plus targets a game. He might see some of the Honey Badger in the slot, who's a safety who's been playing the slot in place of Fuller on some snaps. Um, so that's that's a really good spot as well. You're, underdogs here, you're going to have Rivers throw minimum of 35, probably to 40 times. Keenan Allen, I have projected right now for 11 targets. Hard to ignore that at 6,100. Jarvis Landry and Odell. I like both of these guys. I'm fine stacking up this team because they're so cheap. Um, Jarvis Landry is picking up a lot of ownership. I'm not going to get to as much as he's being picked up, but I will get to a decent amount. He'll first TJ Carey in the slot, which is a good matchup. Um, TJ Carey is pretty much a backup slot because BW Webb's playing on the outside now. Uh, Odell will face William Jackson, 23 and a half team total. So I think it's fine to stack Cleveland. Michael Gallup, I like 
Dak, I already said, I like this team to stack. I like Amari. Gallup, the same analysis as Amari. There's just third, fourth, fifth string cornerbacks out there playing off the street right now against some very good wide receivers, and Gallup is dirt cheap at 5,400. I have Gallup projected for eight targets this week. Golden Tate at 5,100. I'm shocked. He's like like 1% owned. How does this happen? Look, he's dropped about $700 to $1,000 in price because Eli Manning was his starting quarterback for two to three games, right? because he had no connection with Eli. But when Golden Tate's in there, he's averaging close to 10 targets per game. He saw 11 targets, six receptions, 90 plus yards last week. You're getting him for 5,100 at low ownership and a low price point. Golden Tate at 5,100 in this matchup against Avante Maddox in the slot. I currently have projected for nine targets. I'm kind of baffled why nobody's owning him. He's not a slam dunk play, but there's a really good chance he goes for 780 and a touchdown. And I'll take that 760 and a touchdown. And I'll take that just on the way that Daniel Jones looks into the slot. So yeah, I like this a lot. Um, Giants trying to play spoiler this week against the Eagles. Christian Kirk, we'll see if he suits up. I only have interest if he obviously plays, but then also his quarterback plays. I don't want to play Brett Hundley with Christian Kirk, but Kirk at 4,700, although I don't think he's wildly underpriced like a lot of people do. People are saying he's $1,000 on their price. At 5700 I think he's overpriced, um, but he's probably a $5,400 receiver, 5300 So yeah, he's definitely underpriced. There's no Jalen Ramsey. He's already sitting out. We said that the Rams have no motivation. They're going to be pulling stars on both sides of the ball. If Murray plays, I think he's too cheap, and I would get some Christian Kirk. Now, I have a long, have a long list of maybes here. Um, I'll just kind of read, read them off. Devonta Adams, I have no strong stance. He's picking up some ownership, not a ton. If you want to play him, I think that's fine. I prefer DeAndre Hopkins, who's half his owned, and Julio Jones, who's more owned, but in a better spot, in my opinion. But Devontae Adams, there's nothing to say there. Uh, he's a much better wide receiver than Darius Slay is a cornerback, so I'm not concerned about that matchup. Tyreek Hill is going unowned, as he probably should. I'll only have him in some of my Kansas City stacks. He's just highly priced. He's not going to be shadowed by Casey Hayward, though. And once again, if you've been watching my channel, Tyreek Hill never gets shadowed because he can't be shadowed just the way that he plays. A.J. Brown is very interesting. I don't really love the $7,000 price tag back-to-back weeks, but he's not facing Marshawn Lattimore this week. Because of the price tag, that's keeping people off of him. And his performance last week against one of the best shadow cornerbacks in the league in Lattimore this season... But now you have A.J. Brown, who is getting Derrick Henry back on his team, and that just makes their play-action passing much more effective and efficient and deceptive is the key there. So A.J. Brown, we've seen the volume for him for a couple weeks now um, when he's not being shadowed by Lattimore. I think he's interesting at $7,000, especially if you're going to stack the Houston game. He would be my favorite runback option. Tyler Boyd, Perriman at the same price. They're both very secondary interest for me. I actually don't like either of them all that much. Perriman's priced up, but he's going to be an option that sees probably a minimum of seven to eight, eight targets um, from Winston and a decent runback option, but not a priority for me. Same thing for Tyler Boyd at that price point. Sutton at 6,400. All these guys are secondary interests. I do think T.Y. Hilton at 6,000 is interesting. Yes, he's only had 30 yards or less in the last three games, but he's been playing injured those games. It was good to see him lead the team in routes run last week. He probably would have ran 30 plus if indeed uh, they dropped back and threw that many times. He'll get Boye, who's been a bottom eight cornerback in the league over the last eight games. I think it's a risky spot for sure. I've been playing T.Y. Hilton at 6,000. But if he's, look, you don't play this guy in the last week of the season if he's not at least decently healthy. I think he probably runs 30 plus routes in this one as long as they throw that many times. And I like it against this Jacksonville bad defense. It's not a priority. He's currently going unowned. I have like 6%, but that's double the field. So don't come back and say, I played 100 lineups. I played him in all of them and he stunk. He only got me 10 points. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the risk you're taking. He is a risky play that I'm going to have more than the field, but not a ton overall. And you can see the rest of these interests. They're all secondary guys down here. Shark, Crowder, Darius Slayton. Justin Watson is interesting. He saw 10 targets last week. He's dirt cheap at 4,900. He would be more of a staple for my, my stacks of that uh, Tampa Bay side. Greg Ward, we'll keep an eye on Nelson Aguilar. We'll keep an eye on Zach Ertz. Both of them very questionable for this weekend. Ertz more likely to play. 
but I think he has like a broken river and it's severing part of his insides. It's just disgusting. But Greg Ward has been good. He'll get a nice matchup against the Giants, one of the best you can find. Kenny Stills will take over for filler. He let a lot of people down last time, but keep in mind, he played Denver last time, one of the best secondaries in the league. This week, he gets to get a much better matchup against the Titans. So with Fuller out, I actually do like Kenny Stills at 4,600. Yes, I know he probably burned you. He burned me two or three weeks ago against Denver. This is a much different matchup, the total opposite in terms of how much more ease he will have at getting open in the secondary. John Ross and Russell Gage. Ross saw 13 targets last week, took on a full-time role. I'll likely get 3 to 5% of him in run-back options with the Cleveland Stacks. I think he's in a nice spot, took on his full-time role last week, and still dirt cheap. Moving on to tight end now. Be sure to hit the link down below also, and you can find my my Instagram page where I do release exclusive content. We're close to 2,000 subs. Maybe if we get to 2,000 subs, that is, so that's, this is what I'll do, or, or subscribers. Once we hit 2,000 followers on Instagram, I'll release my NFL game-by-game notes. Every single game, players in them, my notes on them. It is about 20 pages of uh, content uh, that I write every single week. It takes me the longest every single week because I'm very thorough with it. So if we get another, I think we're like 100 away on Instagram, another 100 followers. Once we get to 2,000 followers, I will release that on an Instagram story. So be sure to hit the link down below. I like that little bit of a giveaway right there. So tight end, it's really kind of condensed for me. Although there's a long list here of 10 players, there's only three yeses. And a lot of this has to do with pricing and and injury statuses and and are players going to play the whole game. But Austin Hooper at 5,800, he's the second most expensive he's been all season. The last time was right before he got hurt. He was 6,000. He's low owned because of this, but he's seen 21 targets since returning. That's really good. Seven a week. He saw nine last week. That's really good. And I think that only continues to grow against a bad defense here where there is once again, no Calvin Ridley. I do like Austin Hooper at 5,800. He is one of my top three to five favorite tight ends on the slate. So is Darren Waller at 54. Tough matchup in the secondary if he gets a lot of Justin Simmons, who might've been one of the uh, Pro Bowl snub or right around the Pro Bowl this year. It'll be tough. All the way back in week one, he played this Denver team, uh, seven catches on eight targets for 70 yards, sort of started his breakout campaign. He sees about 22% of the red zone targets. He sees almost 30% of the air yards on this team as a tight end. Hard to ignore that at 5,400. And Dallas Goddard, he's my preferred Philadelphia tight end, whether or not Ertz plays. He's just been running the same amount of routes as Ertz, same amount of red zone opportunities. And now with Ertz, no matter if he plays being less than 100%, he's probably the more skilled tight end out there if he's 100% and Ertz is only 70, 60%, right? And then my secondary interest, Travis, Travis Kelsey, you just have to prioritize him. I'm fine if you want to get to a lot of Kelsey. He's $7,000. He's expensive for tight ends. But if you take that tag off and put, say you put a wide receiver emblem next to his name instead of a tight end, he would be an average priced wide receiver at $7,000 and you wouldn't have a lot of concerns with him. He would be the same price as AJ Brown. And then if I tell you, well, yeah, Travis Kelsey compared to AJ Brown, I think that's a fair price point. So if you want to get there, I think that's totally fine. I am currently underweight, but it's nothing major. My alarm goes off again. I don't know. It's, it's, it's only six o'clock. I've been up, my man. Two hours. Let's go. Zach Ertz. Look, I, I'm concerned here for the injury. He's $6,000. He continues to be double teamed, and this injury is a major concern for me. So uh, right now, I want to wait on more news. If he does suit up, he's not going to be a priority for me because we've seen this injury limit him for a couple of weeks now. Tyler Higby's priced up to 5600 We saw last week he was still seeing a ton of usage ahead of Gerald Everett. The concern is, does Goff play the whole game? Does he play the whole game? I think he probably does. I'm not sure if Goff does, but at 5600 I will have a good amount of against Arizona. It is a smash spot for tight ends as it has been all season long. Hunter Henry at 4500 just too cheap. OJ Howard at 4300 He's being currently projected as the highest owned tight end. I don't want any of that. Um, if, if he's going to be 20 plus percent owned and Hunter Henry is like 5% owned for $200 more, I will have a lot more balance there. I'll have 10% Howard, 10% Henry, something like that, right? I don't need to take a strong stance on OJ Howard, whose role has not changed at all in three weeks now without Evans and two weeks now or a week and a half without Chris Godwin. His role has not changed. It's been the same thing. If anything, Cam Brait's role has changed and increased. Mike Gusecki and Caden Smith would be my final options. Gusecki probably has the best matchup out of all pass catchers against the Patriots. It's still a difficult one, um, but my priorities would be at that top end, Hooper, 
Darren Waller, Goddard, and then honestly, probably Tyler Higby after that. So thank you for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. I will leave you with my target offense sheet where I still, uh, as of this morning, I did not have a, a total on this um Rams game because of probably Kyler Murray, but also what they're going to do with their their players. So there's my target offense sheet. You can screenshot it. Check out my Patreon exclusive content. Be sure if you're still here and you have a second on the podcast or on the YouTube channel, take just that extra second if you do appreciate my work and do hit the link below. Check out Instagram. Again, follow me there. 2000. I'll release my game by game notes. And then also, if you go down below and just hit the link to Fantasy Draft, all you got to do is hit the link. Uh, it'll actually go to my Twitter because I can't post links. Otherwise, the account gets banned or suspended, and I don't want that. Um, so it'll go to my Twitter. While you're there, just hit the subscribe button. But then just hit the link. You can enter the contest if you want over there. But if you hit the link, it does show them that you came for me, and it helps me a ton. So I appreciate you tuning in. My name's Sal. You all rock. Have a great rest of your day. Peace out. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.